0: You will turn to Matthew chapter 6. We are stepping through the Sermon on the Mount and in the Sermon on the Mount is what we call the Lord's Prayer or the model prayer. So we began last week with our Father who art in heaven. And so let's remember that prayer is communion with God. And we don't tell God things he doesn't know. So you don't have to worry when you don't remember a name or a word because he knows your thoughts. And you can just say that one and he's got it. Okay, but it is communion with God. And so just imagine the reality that when you pray, you are entering the throne room of God and you are communing with the living, loving God of the universe You are not there just to ask him for something, but to engage him in fellowship, in conversation. And so we have the opportunity, we saw last week, because we call him, because he is our father, then we can relax there. We can trust him there. We can rest in his presence. We can be held in that place. And so remember that he is committed to us the truth is he is more committed to us than we're committed to him and so I have to rethink that a lot I have done with you in years past to study on the blood covenant and whenever I say that or have that thought I remember the first time I ever studied the blood covenant for me just dug through it through the blood covenant that was the first time it ever dawned on me that God was committed to me he's committed by covenant and he's going to be faithful to that covenant so God is committed to us and so we enter his presence to behold him Uh, prayer is about him really more than it's about us we see that in this model prayer and so we enter his presence to be awed by him so it's a time when we consider who he is and what he's about and his commitment to us so prayer begins by embracing him as father a good father a good loving faithful father and we allow him to embrace us so it's It's a time where our presence in the Lord with prayer, there are just times that are set aside for God and us to just hug each other, to realize, for us to adore him and to allow him to embrace us. So prayer sets God in his rightful place. And his first rightful place in this model prayer is our Father, our Father. So the entire model prayer here focuses on God. Uh, The Pharisees had made made prayer a way to draw attention to themselves. You'll remember in our first lesson when we were talking about that, they wanted to show how spiritual they were by praying out loud, by praying long prayers, and they had to use lots of repetitions to make them longer because they had it in their minds that God was impressed with longer and longer prayers and so they just wanted to show how spiritual they were and that was their purpose for prayer they thought they were telling God things he didn't know and we can't do that can we because he's God so they thought they were telling God things he didn't know and they were following this pagan practice of vain repetition we looked at that on Mount Carmel where the prophets of Baal were saying just over and over again just nagging him and of course Baal is not alive so they didn't get anything did they but we don't have to do that with God and that's what Jesus is saying here is because of the relationship because of that fellowship and the relationship we have with the Lord so Jesus confronts them so God is our father And he is going to hear us because he cares about us. He's committed to us. He loves us as his children. He has a plan for us. And so he can meet our needs because he has unlimited eternal resources. God has need of nothing. And he waits to bestow those blessings on his children. Now we understand that when we're going to pour a glass of milk, if I've got a pitcher of milk and a glass, that glass has got to be in the right place to receive the milk, doesn't it? I mean, if I'm pouring over here in the glass, over here, I'm going to miss it. That's the way it is with God's blessings. We need to be in the right place so that when those blessings are poured, we receive them. Um, I don't know, there's a song that's going through my mind that says, when the blessings come down, then the prayers go up. Do y'all know that song? I think it's a Babby Mason song. Blessings come down and the prayers go up. The blessings come down and the prayers go up. And what it is, is a cycle. And so God is pouring out his blessings. And so when we go to pray, we start by recognizing who God is and being confident that he cares now, most of us sometimes have rushed into God's throne room with the attitude of, I'm going to go tell him this. I don't know if he'll do anything about it or not, but, you know, He, he may not, this may not really be on his agenda for today, but I'm going to just rush in there and tell him anyway. He's invited us to come boldly to his throne of grace and to pray and to be confident that he cares for us because he is, first of all, in this model prayer, our Father our loving Father. I think one of the fun things, um, thrilling things to me, is to know that God knows our names. He knows your name. He doesn't just know your label. He knows your name. He knows who you are. Um, sometimes do you ever I just do y'all skip genealogies in the Bible when you're reading the Bible? I'm really bad about that. Um, they can't even pronounce them much less keep up with them and I think why did the Lord put this in here you know one of the reasons he put it in there is because he knows their names he knows their names names and names and names and he knows each one um, we know the verse that a sparrow doesn't fall without the father notice you know what that literally says in the original language it says not one sparrow hops Without the father knowing. And so what did he go on to say? He says if I'm going to keep up with a sparrow like that. How do you think I'm going to keep up with you? So he's establishing relationship here. So there in Matthew 6 verse 9. He says our father who art in heaven. And then it says hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. His name is the total embodiment of who he is. We're going to have to think about this a minute. That really is kind of the way it is with with all of us in some sense. But his name is his whole person. His name represents who he is. And so every part of God is hallowed. Everything that constitutes his name is hallowed. The name of the Lord, the name of God, is the composite of all of his attributes. So when we say father or God or another one of his names, it's implying everything else that is true about him. Hallowed means holy, set apart, different from all other. And so the name of God is all of his attributes so we think of merciful gracious long-suffering abundant in goodness truth keeping mercy forgiving iniquity all of that is a part of his name and so when it says hallowed be thy name that means that he is totally set apart in every way he is different from everything else he is hallowed he is hallowed so hallowing his name is hallowing is setting apart in my heart all that he is a good way to study the attributes of god is to study the names of god you know he is um jehovah jireh the lord who provides um my brain's not letting me wheel through them now but all of those old Nay, all of the Old Testament names of God represent something that he is something that he does he says I'm the Lord I'm the Lord who healeth thee Jehovah Rapha okay so we can go on and on and on to see who he is and so all of that that he is is hallowed it's set apart and every part of it is holy So when I say in this model prayer, hallowed be thy name, I'm hallowing all that he is. I'm setting him apart in my heart as holy, as different from all other. Psalm 9 and verse 10 says, those who know thy name put their trust in thee. Those who know thy name put their trust in thee. So we can trust God When we see him for who he is, when we know that he is loving and merciful and kind and long-suffering and uh, all of those things that he is, when we know that, then we find him to be trustworthy. When I can call him father, then I know that those things are trustworthy. I can trust him because he is all of those things. So all all that he is is cause for praise. We know who he is and so we praise him. What does praise him mean? We fall before him and we go, wow. Praise is when we just look at the Lord and just go, wow. You're different from all others. So a name is not just a title. A name is the whole person. You know, when I say Lena Baston, There are a lot of things about Lena that go with that name. When I say um, Sylvia, uh, all all kinds of things go with that name, or Jane, or Edwin, it goes with the name. And so when I hear that name, I don't just think of a label like I do if I'm reading a list, I think of a whole person. So when he begins, when Jesus begins here to teach us to pray, he says, Hallowed be thy name, he said. Call him Father, and then know that his name is hallowed. So, hallowing his name calls for reverence, it's that place of awe and reverence where we just bow before him because there's nothing else to do. First Peter 3 15 says, Sanctify the Lord in your heart. Well, sanctify means set apart. So hallowed means set apart, holy. So what's he saying? He's saying that in my heart, I'm going to give God that place of being hallowed, of being set apart, of being holy. It's a place that is occupied by nobody else but him. Then in verse 10, he says, Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. This is allegiance to His sovereignty. Um, he is the one <clears throat> who has the right to rule and the right to reign. Now we talked a good bit about the kingdom when we first started uh, on the Sermon on the Mount. But the Lord Jesus Christ is King of Kings and Lord is Lord of Lords. He is set apart. He is different from all others, and so he is the only one who has the right to rule and reign throughout the earth, throughout the world. So when I say, thy kingdom come, I'm praying, reign now. Let your rule and reign be here and now. Now, I'm finding myself doing that more and more as I see what's going on in the world. Are you doing that? You know, when things are such a mess, do you just look at the Lord and say, rule and reign? Um, We won't have time to cover all of this today, but you know the rest of the prayer. He says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All right, so think for a minute about what heaven is like. Heaven is where God's rule is in place so let me ask you a question is heaven a good place would you like some of heaven to come to earth now well when we pray thy kingdom come that's what we're asking for would you take over and rule here now the way you rule in heaven now of course earth will never be like heaven because we're a fallen world we're different. Heaven is a holy place, so it's sanctified. It's it's different from all others. But when we pray for him to reign here and now, when we pray that, we are committed to his rule in our daily lives. Because what happens? When I say, thy kingdom come, and I go out and I live according to kingdom rule and kingdom principles, I'm bringing heaven to earth. Do you need to think about that for a minute? When I live according to kingdom rule and kingdom principles, and that is my life, and when I bring that into a conversation or bring that into a daily activity, then I'm bringing the rule of God to earth. I'm exposing the fallen world to the rule of God. So praying is not letting God know our plans Praying is calling for God to fulfill his own plans by letting his kingdom rule come into this place now. Instead of saying, my kingdom come, I'm going to pray what? Thy kingdom come. Usually our prayers are filled with ourselves. Mine are. I've been convicted as I've studied this, about how my prayers are filled with myself, man, it doesn't take me but a second to go to God with a list. And so I rush into God's presence and I spout off my list of wants and needs and our human nature is just bent towards self. That's just what it is to be flesh. And so what are we going to do? We're going to bring that flesh under the boundaries and the rule of God, so that when I can pray, thy kingdom come, then I'm praying that God's program for exalting Christ is going to take precedence over my plan. The word translated kingdom means rule or reign. So when it says, thy kingdom come, then I'm saying, would you let your rule and reign take over in this circumstance or in this community or in this world or in my life now the word come is interesting let thy kingdom come in the original language it says come now let your kingdom come now now I don't know I um I don't I, I'm going to tell you what I think not what I necessarily know but we know that I'm praying for Jesus to just come on. Is anybody else doing that? Just, just come on, Maranatha, Lord, come quickly. You know, and when we see the world, and I become frightened, I think the only thing that's going to fix this is for Jesus to come. But when I say Thy Kingdom come, then, and I'm praying into god's program exalting christ and i'm saying thy kingdom come thy kingdom come now well think about how we make that happen how do we participate in that that kingdom infiltrating the earth you know it's kind of like leaven yeast and bread you know we as the kingdom are going to affect the flower around us okay it's going to make a difference so We're praying, let your reign come, rule now. Rule now. Well, how do I do that? Well, the kingdom of God is composed of saved people. Remember? We said that you're born into the kingdom. You come into the kingdom by invitation. And so we come into that kingdom, and so that kingdom is composed of saved people. So if I'm going to pray for his kingdom to come, the first step is going to be evangelism. I'm going to tell people about Christ. I'm going to let them know about the invitation to come into the kingdom. And so in the hearts of saved people, he rules, he reigns, because we've said what? Our Father, hallowed be thy name. So I'm establishing his rule and his reign in my heart. So evangelism then is the first step in praying thy kingdom come i want his kingdom to come then we got to have people in the kingdom then when christ rules in our lives his reign is brought to this earth it happens through us the world is exposed to that so we pray then that he will come into our hearts and as we hallow his name we're going to bow to his reign to his kingdom principles. And so he's giving us those kingdom principles. In the Sermon on the Mount. And what do we do? We look at that Sermon on the Mount. And say I can't do that. And he says no you can't. That's why you need a savior. You need for me to come in. And let me live in your heart. By the Holy Spirit. And that will establish his reign. And rule. So we pray that he will come into our hearts and reign because he is worthy to reign. I have concluded that he is worthy to reign when I have hallowed his name because that's when I have acknowledged what all of his attributes and characters are. And he makes him worthy. The Gospels teach us that Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom. What was it? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the message of the kingdom. Step number one, repent. Believe the good news. The kingdom comes when we believe. When a person is saved, the kingdom has come, is coming. When we live according to the rules of the kingdom, the kingdom has come. The kingdom is infiltrating the earth. So one enters the kingdom by invitation and we accept that invitation by an act of the will. There are a lot of people who are afraid to come to Christ because they know they can't do it. And so the message has got to be, no, you can't do it. That's why you got to come to him. If you could do it, you wouldn't need a savior, right? So that's the message we live and that we share with the world. It is a kingdom of the heart. It's a kingdom of the life. Um, We are to seek the kingdom. You know the verse, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And when we do, what? All these other things will be added unto you. Because you are in the kingdom, you're seeking his righteousness, which means you call him Father, you're hallowing his name, you're praying for his kingdom to come, and you're participating in the coming of that kingdom as you obey kingdom rules. In Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 and 45, Jesus says, The kingdom is like a treasure, it is like a pearl of great price. And so, what he's saying is, the kingdom is priceless. So we take hold of it by faith. So the invitation to come to the kingdom is given. And so faith receives the invitation. Faith repents of sin by choice of the will. That means that I bow to his way instead of my way. That's what repentance is. And it affirms the lordship of Christ. And so that's the kingdom. So we know that the consummation of the kingdom is coming. When we pray, Maranatha, Lord Jesus, come quickly, we're looking forward to the consummation of the kingdom. That day when heaven is split and Jesus Christ is going to descend and plant his feet on the Mount of Olives and on this earth, he is going to literally rule and reign from the throne of David in Jerusalem. But until then, We're going to bring the kingdom to earth by being in the kingdom, by being able to call him Father, by hallowing his name, and by participating in bringing his rule to the earth by simply obeying him myself. When I obey him, then I am bringing his rule to earth. So let's summarize God is our loving Father. And we can go to him with no fear, no anxiety. We know that he loves us, that he is committed to us, that he is waiting to give us what we need. How many of you have children or grandchildren that you just love it when they ask you for something? You just can't wait to give them something that they want. And so... We go to him in boldness because we know he loves us. And in that place, the first thing we do is we hallow his name by recognizing who he is. What his attributes are. And so then when we pray thy kingdom come, then I am relinquishing the rule of my life to him. And when I do that, the kingdom is coming to earth. Do you understand that? Is that making sense? It's being released in the earth. So I'm saying to him, you take control. You take control. Oh, that we can come to the place where we are preoccupied with the things of God and just saturated with kingdom living. My problem is being so distracted by the world, the stuff's going on, our minds are so available to the enemy to tell us junk. And to learn to put on those blinders, to put on those boundaries of godly thinking so that we think like him and we listen to him and him only. That takes discipline and effort. It takes being proactive. Um, His causes should always be on our hearts and minds. Whenever we're in any kind of situation, our first question needs to be, Lord, what's on your heart? What are you trying to accomplish here? What is it that you want to do at this time and in this place? Let's pray. Father, on our own, we cannot do any of this, but we are so grateful that you've given us the Holy Spirit. But I pray that we will always be yielded to the Holy Spirit, that you will be our focus, and so you will be the first one that we listen to, that we go to to hear that we praise. I pray that you will just be on our minds constantly and that whatever situations we're in in life, that we are prepared to show the kingdom of God, show the rule of the kingdom, where we are poor in spirit and merciful and mourn over sin, where we know the peace of God, where we know the authority and the purpose of God where we overcome the fear of being able to share your name with those who are being invited to the kingdom but don't know about the invitation. Give us those opportunities where we can help correct wrong thinking when people think that they have too much sin to come in or when people think that They can't repent because they can't stop doing this or that and the other. And that's not the essence of repentance. The essence of repentance is bowing before you and letting you give us those desires and want-tos. So would you bless us and help us? We hold before you all of the people that we know that are struggling and grieving and hurting and ask to see your great hand of mercy move in this place. Would you put your hand on our church and let the Holy Spirit invade us and make it what you have called it to be, that we will be a lighthouse to this community, a safe place for sinners to come and find help in time of need. So go with us now and bless us during this week. Prepare our hearts to meet together again next Sunday. And glorify your name in us wherever we go. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.